Hello, and welcome to the Our Strange Skies Addendum for Episode 9, The Buffalo Edge Incident. I'm your host, Rob Christofferson. Before we start, I want to give you an idea of what you can expect from these kinds of episodes. What you'll find here are stray bits of information that didn't make the cut for the regular episode. There will not be an addendum for every single one, but I will try to release one for most of them. We'll start with Walter Webb and his personal UFO sighting in 1951. And this is from NICAP's website. That summer, I was a nature counselor at Camp Big Silver, the Toledo, Ohio Boys Club camp on the shores of Silver Lake in southern Michigan, three miles south of Pickney. It was a clear, moonless night. I had been showing two boys various celestial objects through my three-and-a-half-inch reflecting telescope and pointing out constellations. The time was around 11 p.m., or midnight. Suddenly, I noticed a glowing yellow or yellowish-red light moving in an undulating path, but on a straight course, over the hills south of Silver Lake. As the object traveled slowly westward in this peculiar manner, the three of us watched in fascination. It was at such a low elevation that its regular wave-like course caused it to dip behind the hills a few times. At first, I frankly didn't realize that I might be seeing anything unusual and thought the object was a plain light. But something was disturbing about the flight path, and by the time it dawned on me that planes don't fly on wavy paths, the thing was about to vanish for good behind trees in the foreground. I swung the telescope toward the hills, but it was too late. I had seen something strange in the sky that I could not explain. No known object I could think of followed a path like that. The remote possibility of that UFO might have been the reflection of a moving ground light from a rippling inversion layer was quickly rejected. An inversion reflection would appear as a hazy spot of light in the sky, much reduced in brightness when compared to its original light source. My UFO appeared to be a bright, glowing object moving in a regular wavy pattern. It is impossible for an inversion layer to produce a smooth, rhythmic reflection. A turbulent, rippling layer of air would be required, and such a condition would not be capable of producing any image at all. One thing I can't impress upon you enough is just how extensively Webb investigated this case. He sought out weather data, which is presented in the book if you can track down copy of UFO Encounter at Buff Ledge. Uh, All the associated data is in that book. He visited the camp on several locations and he reached out to as many eyewitnesses as he could. He examined case reports from 1968 
And what he noted was that 68 was a UFO flap year, meaning that there was a sudden unexplained increase in UFO sighting reports. The flap was concentrated in South America, in particular Argentina, as well as Spain and Quebec. There were 19 reported cases of alien abduction. One that stuck out to him was the abduction of Grace Burner. Burner was a 38-year-old woman who lived alone in a converted bus. In the early morning hours of February 27th, she was awakened by a bright light that kept sweeping back and forth in front of the windows. She became paralyzed on her sofa bed and claimed that when the light hit a fan by the bed, it would slow down. She could hear a loud pinging sound as the light passed by her as well. When the light disappeared, she felt like she could move again, but her body felt achy and she had reoccurring headaches for about a month. She also found that she was missing a little bit of time there. She would undergo hypnosis a decade later, and she described how she was trying to hide from the light and felt at one point like she was floating toward it. In the next memory, she found herself being placed on a table under a dim light from an illuminated dome. Behind her, a group of five-foot-tall beings wearing white skin-tight coveralls talked amongst themselves using telepathy. The beings had egg-shaped heads, slanted eyes, a nose, long-pointed ears, and hands similar to a human's, but with even-length fingers and a short thumb. And their skin was very pale. Another being attended to a lighted panel near a curved wall. There was a series of wavelengths on it. A column on her right side produced a disc-like object that was positioned over her stomach. It irritated the skin and created a drawing sensation, kind of like a sucking sensation, like something was being taken from her. In another flash, she was back in her bedroom. This case shares a number of similarities with the Buffledge incident. The feeling of floating, a being that was looking at a screen with wavelengths on it. One detail that I omitted from the original episode is that during Janet's examination, Michael described how these collection devices would come out of the wall and skin or fluid samples would be placed on it and then it would return in the wall again. The disc-like object placed over Burner's stomach kind of reminds me of the devices coming out of the wall during that abduction. And that's going to do it for this episode of the Our Strange Guys Addendum. Thank you for tuning in, and I hope you'll join us next time.